Plutus Sports Analytics is a company based on minimizing the uncertainty in sports betting to help you maximize your profit. Newfoundland's first sports analytics team provides daily predictions for all major league sports so you can win big. Whether you want to hit MLB picks out of the park or get a slam dunk on your NBA betting tickets, Plutus is a company of choice. Head to PlutusSportsAnalytics.com. That is P-L-U-T-U-S Sports analytics.com and use promo code JSP20 for 20% off their deadly service. And now let's get to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is uh, episode number 161, dedicated to a man who owned December 21st, 1997, became the third person in NFL history to run for 2,000 yards in just one season, Mr. Barry Sanders. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about an alternative to the college football playoff committee, James Harden. Woo-hoo-wee! That boy got big, and a conference in college football changes their protocol once again. But first, the stage is set. The final ranking has been complete. And we now know who will meet in the semifinal games in college football on January 1st, all year long. Scratch that. Let's go back to before the season. Before the season started, there are people out there in college football, big names that work for big-time companies that were out there saying, college football, forget it. The season shouldn't be played. Forget whatever the players want. Forget whatever the coaches want. What I want is the right thing. I think you shouldn't play, so therefore you shouldn't play. There are people, there's people at The Athletic, a guy that works for Sports Illustrated, a guy that works for Yahoo Sports, people that work for ESPN, people all around the country that work in these networks, they are out here saying, well, the games should not be played. And, well, I'm here to tell you, I don't agree with them. I never have, and I never will. And I think when you listen to this podcast, you know that Jay does not agree with those out there that say the season should not be played yes there were people conferences that said no to football in the fall they're out there there are conferences that played that paused or postponed as they call it their season and then they reinstated their season to where I believe every conference almost everybody in the FB at the FBS level played football in the fall hey at one time people said no when you see other people other people having fun Doing something you love, you're going to fall along with, with them and do what they're doing because you can do what they're doing as well. The season, there were some cancellations. There were some postponements. There were some things that happened that didn't make coaches happy. Dabo Sweeney, or you have people canceling games when they could have played that team up north and Jimbo canceling the game. But aside from that, for the most part, College football this season, just like any other season, was a success. And now in college football, 
We had Selection Sunday, as I call it. We're a four-hour show. My goodness, ESPN. I know it's not really a slow period. Y'all got college basketball. There's a lot you can play. You can broadcast. Y'all want to spend four hours talking about four teams and the bowl selections. Well, you did it. You don't need to do it, but, well, you did it, and I hope next year you change how long that show is. But Selection Sunday. The stage is set. Alabama versus Notre Dame. Clemson versus Ohio State. And I'm here to tell you, I believe, just like other people out there in the media like myself, that these are the four best teams in college football. I have never been a person that believes you have to be a conference champion to be in the playoff. We'll talk more about that in the very next segment. But... With all of that in mind, I do believe Notre Dame is the fourth best team, one of the top teams in the country. I just don't know how they look, how they will look against the Alabama Crimson Tide. I am honestly getting flashbacks to when Alabama demolished Notre Dame in the BCS National Championship game. I believe that was the 2012 championship. Regardless of what you think, regardless of where you are as far as Committee, I like them or I don't like them. You're, we're in for a treat. We're honestly in for a treat. Alabama versus Notre Dame, that could be a blowout. That could be a really close game. Ohio State versus Clemson, that could be a blowout. That could be a really close game. I'm leaning more towards these being really close games, primarily because there is less downtime, less off time in between the championship games and the semifinal games as well. The stage is set. I'm excited. This season has been a success, and I think these games coming up will be a success as well. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Grapevine, Texas, or wherever the committee met in whatever hotel they met in to put this ranking together because I'm getting kind of fed up with this committee, and your boy has an answer or a solution, a couple of them, as far as how we can get rid of them. Anytime a college football fan hears the name College Football Playoff Committee, there is an opinion that immediately jumps into their head. You may love the committee, or you may be a person that wishes college football had a different formula to formulate the final four teams in college football. You may be a fan of Alabama and say, man, look, I don't care about none of y'all. The committee has always loved us, and we have always loved the committee. You may be a fan of the Ohio State University, and you may be on this trajectory. Well, our brand has gotten us a lot, and our brand has gotten us here once again, so I don't care about none of y'all. We play six games. We're one of the top teams in the country. And I think we're here because of our brand. Okay, cool, whatever. You may be a fan of the Cincinnati Bearcats. You may be thinking, man, look, the committee don't like us because we're part of the group of five. And they have showed, no matter who the chairman is, they are biased. And they just don't like us. You may be a fan of the Texas A&M Aggies. Probably aren't many of you out there, but I'm sure some of you might be out there and you may be saying, man, look, 
Y'all just trying to hold us back because we lost to Alabama by 28. They smashed just about everybody that they played. Don't knock us down and put us down because of that. We played an SEC schedule. It may have been a weak schedule, but we best believe played that schedule and only had one loss. We should be in the top four because of, well, we're in the SEC. SEC bias gets teams far in life, and, well, it should get us far as well. Whatever side of the argument you are on, it doesn't matter. The committee has made up their mind. They have put the final rankings in place. Any final four is set. But I personally believe it's time to eliminate the committee because I get tired of having human beings in a room not know how to explain how they get to the conclusions that they get to. My goodness, guys, this is bad. This is bad. I am not a person that is one to criticize people um, a lot. Well, I am a podcast host, but <laughs> I'm not one person that openly strives, that tries to pick and choose and find different ways to pick at people. I am not. I like to joke around, but I am not going to try to find your weakest point and just mess with you. If you come to me and you explain what you say and it makes sense, great. I am fine. I will not question your every move. But we have a committee, and this is not just one year or or, uh, something that happens a couple times. No! Year after year after year after year after year. No matter who the chairman is, no matter who is on the committee that is put together, that is owned by the conferences, no matter who is on that committee at all, nothing makes sense at all. Now, if I'm a fan of the Cincinnati Bearcats, that is unrealistic, I'd be mad. I'd be furious. What do you mean we're not one of the top four teams in the country? What Have you watched us play? Have you seen what the fighting Luke Fickles have done here? Have you seen exactly what we have done on the field and how we have won our conference and blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. Notice I said unrealistic because I truly believe the realistic fan out here says this. Cincinnati, group of five. Has a group of five team ever been in the Final Four, excuse me, playoff, I think Final Four all the time when I think of this certain, this current format. But has a group of five team ever been in this situation where they have been in the Final Four against the big dogs? No. So why do we think during an odd year that we're going to try to pull on the heartstrings and try to you pull on the emotions of those people in the committee room to try to get us in the Final Four? It doesn't make sense. I mean, let's be realistic. Do we really believe, as a fan now, as a realistic fan of the Bearcats, do we really believe that if we're the number four team in the country, because that's the best we would get in this current format, do we really believe that if we played Alabama, we would win? Absolutely not. I saw somebody recently put a 16-team playoff out there and uh, try to formulate and say, oh, the 16, there was a 16-team format or 16 um, teams in a playoff. This is how, This is how things would go. The first matchup I saw was Alabama versus Coastal Carolina. Look, Coastal Carolina would get their brakes beaten off by Alabama. It would be embarrassing. But 
Here we are trying to be all-inclusive, and we got to talk about the Cincinnati the Cincinnati Bearcats because, well, they, in some, in some people's eyes, they believe Cincinnati deserves to be in. I personally don't. I would have a hard, hard time putting a group of five team in. Personally, I don't believe any of them can hold up or hang with Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or Notre Dame. I don't. I never have. Um, the Boise State year, that was one thing. But I don't believe in this current format, top four teams, that any of them, any of them could hang with any of the top four teams in the country. You could, you could be a fan of Florida. Y'all just lost. Again, sorry. Y'all have no argument. You could be a fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, number six team, and say, well, we won the Big 12. Once again, y'all don't care about us. Okay, let's be realistic. Y'all have two losses. You might be playing really good football right now, which you are, but let's remind you of the record. You got two L's. It's going to be hard to get over uh, an undefeated Alabama, a one-loss conference champ, Clemson, an undefeated Ohio State, and a one-loss team one loss team in Notre Dame who just lost in the conference championship. It's going to be hard for you to jump them. You may be able to jump Texas A&M, maybe, on a, on a field, a neutral field, you would probably have a good shot to beat them. But right now, two losses just can't cut it. The Aggies of Texas A&M, y'all have, no, y'all have no argument. You didn't even make your conference championship game. So why in the world, again, a weak schedule in an odd year, do you think you're going to find yourself in this argument? Do you have brand recognition? No. Jimbo's a good coach. I like Jimbo Fisher as a coach. I won't knock that. But, sorry guys, sorry. This table, four seats reserved. Y'all never, once you had that L, it's going to be hard for y'all to find your way to squeeze your way in here and find yourself in the top four. I say all that to say this. The committee, yes, it's going to be hard for them to have any team outside of the top four in the top four, but them not being able to formulate a proper evaluate proper statement or when asked questions about how they come to the conclusion to get to this ranking, how they're not able to put a good explanation out there. This is not just the first year this has happened. This has happened year after year after year after year after year. And I'm a person that I like an explanation and I would like for, for your explanation to make sense. I get tired of watching TV, especially analysts on TV. They're out here just blabbing and blabbing and blabbing and talking and talking and talking. And they say a whole lot of nothing in 10 minutes, five minutes, two minutes. I don't like it. I was at my parents' house one day and we were, it was after a Colts game. We were watching, it may have been the same exact channel that the Colts were playing on, and they had former players there on the TV breaking down and analyzing the game. I don't know who the former player was. His name escapes me. But all I could remember from that was this man is saying absolutely nothing when he was asked to reply and to provide his analysis about what happened on the field. He was talking. He was talking. He was talking. And he got nowhere. The committee, no matter who was in the chair as chairman, they sometimes, more often than not, fail to explain how they get 
a proper conclusion to what it is and how they get to where they are. I've always been a person, if I have a way to go as far as the committee or the BCS, I have always been partial to the BCS. I have never been a person that thought, I was never a person that thought the BCS was broken. I never thought, thought the BCS should have been eliminated. Why did it get eliminated? People didn't like the computer. The one downfall of the BCS, I will say this. The committee, they don't have to explain how they get to where they get to. The BCS computer, that formula was being changed. I know year after year, I know a couple years, it's noted. I went back and did some research. I forget exactly what year it was, maybe 2007. But I know there were some times that the formula that the BCS was used, that the BCS used was changed partly to aid somebody else in the following year. That's what I didn't like about the BCS. If you keep the BCS formula the exact same and people know what the BCS, BCS is looking for, the polls that the BCS is utilizing to spit out the rankings each week, I'd have no problem with them. A couple solutions, alternatives to this committee right now. One, some of you might not like, but it makes a whole lot of sense when you think about it. One, you could go back to the BCS, put a playoff there. Every year, the BCS has not been utilized. The BCS poll, a simulated poll, has had the same final four as the college football playoff committee. Now, the order is different, but the teams are exactly the same. Use a playoff, use the BCS, no complaints from Jay. None at all. Okay, number two, you don't like that? If you don't like the BCS, I well, utilize the NCAA. The NCAA runs tournaments all the time. It's one thing they excel at. Nobody has a problem with the way that the NCAA men's and women's tournament is ran every single year or the FCS level. NCAA runs that D2, D3 football, D2, D3 basketball. The NCAA run those as well. It ain't nobody got a problem with how the NCAA runs a tournament. None. My only, sorry, how they run the tournament. My only gripe with the NCAA is I don't believe there should be 68 teams in the tournament. I don't believe there should be 64 teams in the tournament. Start with 32 and work your way on down. But hey, I am just one person, one just one opinion. You could easily have a round of 32 the opening weekend and then have the gauntlet, the Sweet 16, and the Elite 8 played in the same weekend. I know the opening weekend won't be as luxurious as you have games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I think once you el eliminate it and go down to 32, I truly believe you'll get a better tournament not as many upsets because there are less teams, but you will get more of a true champion when you cut the thing down from 64 to 32 teams. Why do I say the NCAA? The NCAA, when they put something together as far as a committee to get the teams that will be in the NCAA tournament, the committee has criteria. The committee has rules. The committee has this date to this date. Here's what we do. This date to this date, here's what we do. Here's the region you're watching, region that you're watching. Here's how you can watch each region as far as look for this during this point, look for this during that point. And the NCAA will be on its P's and Q's dot every I, 
cross every T in regards to the tournament that they don't want to mess up on because they'll make a lot of money. And for those of you that are for expansion, I am not. But if you're for expansion, if you want to go to an 8-team or a 16-team or maybe even a 24-team tournament, I don't think 24, I think 24 is too many. I think 16 is too many. You can even go to 10 and give the top two teams a buy. That would be fine with me. If you want to go with that, utilize the same bowl system. The BC, I would use the BCS bowls to try to do all that. Have some, uh, the, the top, if you do a 10 team, have certain teams have a play at their home site and then go on from there. That would be a phenomenal way to get things done. The NCAA would have fun with these, with the sites and, you know, the branding and, you know, the ads, you know, the sponsors. NCAA, honestly, I think would be a whole lot better at putting a, a committee together of people that are good and would do a good job at putting this thing together than the current system that we have. But also, there's a poll on my Twitter page, at jsteven07. You may have to scroll to find it. Who do you think should be in the committee that puts together the college football playoff rankings? Should it be school athletic directors? I say no. Should it be TV analyst, network TV analyst? I would have no problem with that. Should it be current coaches? I don't think so. Should it be for former coaches? I'd be partial to that as well. If you have a mixture of former and current, maybe. But if you get current coaches, their literal paycheck and their emotions are tied with their team. I don't think that would happen. But if you have former coaches, TV analysts, put the rest together, that may be a good formula if the NCAA does not run the tournament. I know college football for years has tried to be outside of the umbrella of the NCAA with their season and with determining a champion. But at some point, something's got to give. What has happened since the early 90s, people have not been happy with and things keep changing. The NCAA tournament, men's and women's in basketball, only thing that's changed is how many teams are in the tournament, not how well the tournament is run. I am sure by now, many of you out there have seen the picture of James Harden. No, 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 not his rookie picture. No, 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 not a picture from an all-star game. That boy, James Harden, got on that basketball court earlier this week after being away from the team, partying it up, having to take six COVID-19 tests and test negative six times in a row. He's taking those tests already. The test just had to come back negative, which they probably will. Once that man stepped on the court after getting cleared by the medical team to go and play the basketball once again, we quickly saw that, my goodness, James Harden, that boy got big. I don't know what James Harden was doing. I don't know what was going through the mind of James Harden when he was away from the team. And, well, he was just enjoying and living life. But here we are. <laughs> we got James Harden. Big James Harden. You know what this reminds me of? Sean Kemp. Go back a little bit. Go back to the 90s. I know some of you may be listening to this, and you may be a little bit too young to know about 90s basketball. 
my buddy Jason Wall, his kids sometimes listen to the podcast, and I'm pretty sure neither one of them knew about the Seattle Supersonics. Sean Kemp, the Rain Man, Gary Payton, and those boys out there in Seattle, I'm pretty sure they know nothing about him. Go back on the YouTube, Ethan and Grant. Watch some Sean Kemp highlights. Watch Gary Payton throwing those alley-oops all the way up to Sean Kemp. And Sean Kemp went all the way up there, baby, to throw that thing down. Go back to the 90s. Watch some run TMC basketball. Watch Michael Jordan destroy people. Watch Scottie Pippen dunk on Patrick Ewing. Watch Reggie Miller as he scores in the Eastern Conference Finals in the 1998 season. I know they did that. I know they that they didn't win the Eastern Conference Finals that year, but that's the only thing I have to hold on to during that series. The 90s was a fun time. I love the 90s. I love watching games from the 90s. <clears throat> One player I love watching play in the 90s was Sean Kemp. One thing we all know about with the 90s and 90s basketball, after the 1998 season or 97-98 season, there was a lockout. And in said lockout, well, during said lockout, the players were on their own. You couldn't go to the team facility. You couldn't have your trainers. You couldn't do anything. Your normal everyday operation, your normal workouts you do at the facility, you couldn't do them. You were left on your own. This was not a time like it is now where there's a trainer everywhere, where health, where your food was and what you eat. Um, that was things. Those are things that everybody practiced. This wasn't that. Even back then, you had Shaq in the training room eating McDonald's shortly after the lockout in the very next season, the 2000-2001 season. He's eating McDonald's on the training room with Kobe going off on him. And, well, Shaq didn't care. Shaq blew up. Shaq came in, I believe, at Chisler 270-275. Shaq on the Lakers. I, I know at, at one point that boy was a good 325-330. You see that boy on the Lakers? He was a lot bigger in Boston than he was in L.A. Well, back to Sean Kemp. I can get all, talk all about the 90s basketball Back to Sean Kemp. During that lockout, beginning of the 99 season, the 99 season eventually was started a little bit later, I think around Christmas, maybe it was January of that year in 99. No all-star game just like this season. But Sean Kemp during that lockout, whoo-hoo-wee, that boy blew up. And I believe he even stated to himself, he didn't take care of his body. He knew he didn't take care of his body. He came back out of shape. And I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I want to say, that boy put on 50 pounds. But now, the end of the season in June of 98, that was in the finals, Jazz and Bulls. The season started, I believe, about six months later. I don't remember. Now, at this time, Sean Kemp was no longer on the Seattle Supersonics. He was on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know when the – well, I won't say don't know. I, I'm pretty sure – the Cavaliers did not make the playoffs that year, so their season would have ended around mid-April. So you got about eight months in between your end of your season to the start of the next season. Eight months—that's a long—that's a long time. That's that's a really long time. I think it's been—I think it's been like nine months since the, since when the NBA shut down their season. So think about March 11th until now. That's a really long time, guys. And Sean Kemp, man, that boy—I don't know what he was eating. I don't know what he was doing, but man, 
That boy put on some weight. Now, James Harden didn't put on that much weight. I don't think. I don't know where he clocked in at. But that boy, James Harden, he ain't look good. He ain't look good at all. Out of shape. You know, playing the basketball. The basketball he likes to play and the basketball he's, that the team wants to play as well. You got to be in shape. Not just the basketball the team wants to play, but just NBA basketball, professional basketball, high-level basketball. You got to be in shape. James Harden didn't look in shape at all. Man, 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 I got some people talking to me, texting me about James Harden. And Garrett Grandy, you may remember this name. He's been on the podcast recently, going to be starting a new show on Facebook. We'll be airing the audio here on the podcast. Talking with a friend, with Jay Stevens. Look for the Facebook Facebook page, the Jay Stevens Podcast. Search it, like it. You'll get alerted when things go out. And, well, Garrett had this to say about James Harden. Quote, bro, tell me why James Harden looks like a fat uncle that drops 50 in a family reunion pickup game. End quote. Garrett, mic drop. I know I dropped my phone on the table, but basically it's the closest thing I could utilize to resemble a mic drop right now. Garrett Grandy. Spot on. Thank you, sir. Bringing all the laughs, all the jokes here to the podcast. James Harden, yeah, party up. Do whatever you want to. But, man, your season just ended a couple months ago. What in the world? <laughs> My friend, what are you doing? Speaking of what in the world were you doing, the Big Ten Conference. I try my best to defend the conference. I try my best to be someone that's not close-minded or someone that falls into the trap of uh, loving a conference when you cover a team inside that conference. I try my best, to be honest. I try my best to be realistic. The Big Ten Conference changes things all the time this year because, well, they can. They postpone the season. I say cancel. They say pro. They say postpone. Reinstate it. They have a season. They went from having a seat, not having a season, having a schedule, excuse me. They went from having a schedule five days later, canceling, sorry, postpone. Kevin Warren wouldn't like using the word cancel because that's not the word he utilizes. He says postpone. So let's utilize the word Kevin Warren utilizes. Kevin Warren says postpone. Jay says postpone. They postpone the season and then they come out with a, a new schedule, eight game schedule. What are y'all doing? Excuse me. You start even a week later than what everybody suggests you start because, well, you can. Why would the Big Ten do things that make sense this year? Sorry, guys. I don't know. Because doing things that make sense are partly the right thing to do. Big Ten does that. And then during the season, they change things up at the last minute. Now, granted, when they changed the rule that you had to play six games to play the conference championship game, that rule was not something to help Ohio State Make the conference. Ohio State was already in, was already the leader of the Big Ten East. So they were already, they already earned the right to play in the Big Ten championship game. They just altered their rule. They already gave themselves a little leeway anyway with saying, unless the average number of games falls below six, which, well, it did. So they changed the rule. The, the Ohio State University plays in the Big Ten Championship game. And then, well, they also just changed their rule that players had to be out of the game for 21 days when they test positive for the Rona. Went from 21 days to 17 days. 
Many people may be wondering, why would they do that now? Is that a rule to help Ohio State, who had 22 players miss the Big Ten Championship game due to positive cases and possibly contact tracing? 22 players missed the Big Ten Championship game. 23 players missed the previous game the Buckeyes played against the Michigan State Spartans. And, well, it leaves people to wonder why in the world can the Big Ten not get things together? Would things be different if the former commissioner of the Big Ten was still in charge? Possibly. Is Kevin Warren the reason why things are a little iffy? I don't know. He's not a part of the medical staff. He didn't even vote to postpone the season. That was the presidents and chancellors of the universities. I know he's just a mouthpiece, but just like the committee, when you provide an explanation for why something takes place or why something happens, make it make sense. Make your explanation make sense. Too many times that is not the case. And well, he leads himself to allow people to make certain comments about him because not just because they don't like what he's doing, his explanation makes no sense. I got, I found a tweet from Peter Burns. Peter Burns works for ESPN. He put this out about the Big Ten. Quote, Big Ten, we are not playing football this season. Actually, we've changed our minds. You have to play six games to qualify for champ game. Actually, we've changed our minds. We have a 21-day safety protocol for our athletes. Actually, we've changed our minds, end quote. And I can't say he's wrong. I can't say what he put out there. Doesn't make sense. The Big Ten makes a rule, changes it. The Big Ten makes a rule, changes it. The Big Ten makes a rule, changes it. Ultimately, the Big Ten is making up rules as they go, and they ultimately have the right to change Rules that won't be here next season. Hopefully, hopefully, this 17-day, 21-day, whatever it's going to be, hopefully, that's not a thing next year. The Big Ten Conference could just stand firm, could have waited, or even, just like I mentioned earlier, properly prepare in May, June, and July. You could have been the only conference to start your season on time, can't remove one non-conference game, Allow your team to have extra built-in bye weeks. You could have done that. You could have even pushed back your conference championship game one week in extra bye week. It would have been so easy. It would have made sense. But the Big Ten? Nah. We'll can't. Postpone. Come back and play. You guys you guys could play. Ah, six games to be the championship game. No, sorry, guys. We're going to change that. Nah. 21 days. Change it to 17. It's really hard to be comfortable around a conference or with a conference that is constantly changing what they do. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to, to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired 
to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode 161 of the JC Podcast. I will see you next time. Peace.